right. Testing. One, two, three, four. Five, six, Here. seven, eight. With Lenny! Lenny! What's up? How are you? I am doing well today. Okay, now we're going. Now we're going. <laughs> All right. Just start with the Jaxi minute, just right up front. Or should we, oh, I guess we can introduce ourselves. Just real quick. I'm Lenny. I'm Tyler. This, this is the Lenny and Tyler show. And yeah, let's just dive right into the Jaxi Minute. Have you listened to it? I haven't. Maybe don't. Hey guys, it's the Jaxi Minute. I got Felix here with me. Say hi, Felix. Hi. Say, I hope you guys have a great fall. Hi, has a great fall. Ooh, nice. Um, Felix, what's your favorite kind of coffee? Um, Burundi. Burundi. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. Well, I, my phone died, and my notes for the last minute were on my phone. But I didn't want to leave you guys hanging, and so I'll send you this, and hope you guys have a great recording. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Oh, that's it? That's the guy's name. All right. Oh, and we forgot to record last week. Last week we just got yeah. We missed a week. We're so sorry. I don't know. We gotta, gotta work on that. I because I've been, yeah, feeling like habits are really important for mm. me, for my overall well being. It's kind just of, good to yeah figure out where something. you want to be or figure out the direction you want to go and then build the habit that will get you there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been sticking to exercise pretty well. But other things, but that like then shows me how in other areas of my life, it's like, oh, if I could just kind of not so dedicated, uh, yeah, kind of schedule this yeah. to happen once a week, these things that I care about, like you, Lenny. Oh, thanks. I care about you too. Yeah, so yeah, there isn't that like discipline or disciple or like the things you dedicate to regularly yeah when things that shape you you become what you habitually yes, do become what you, you habitually do just like we were saying yeah um okay so on the last podcast we had talked a little bit about this uh documentary that you oh, yeah. had been watching by oliver stone made in like 2012 or 13 yeah okay and i was just watching it just now nice um, and am enjoying it. It's always fun going back and brushing up on, like, especially World War One, World War Two. It's it's really crazy. But it's what I thought was interesting watching this one because I know maybe sometime in the last year I've watched. I think Netflix did something like World War Two in color. Oh yeah, in living color. Yeah, yeah, it, which was amazing and and a little seems like. At least in this first one of this first episode of Oliver Stones, it's like kind of this broad, like pretty high aerial view of everything that happened in like a f- five year span, which I'm sure the first episode of mm-hmm. the other one is kind of like that too. And then it, but that one really goes into depth on 
like the Battle of Midway and, and what happened the, at Pearl yeah, Harbor yeah. and certain key moments. And this one so far is is kind of and, and, this and, one eventually... and you just always get new perspective yeah, yeah. on the thing no matter what on what happened. Um, the thing I really like about this one that I think you'll see eventually is that it really goes into a lot of like the Russian battles and the, oh. and the battles that happened in Russia and the, you know how the tides were turned over there and that's something that, like I was just had zero information on basically other yeah. than just Russia existed and was the second front of but Russia's actually like the first front and Europe's like the second front for the for the Nazis for the Nazis yeah 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 um he was just mentioning how if Hitler would have maybe done a better job of like trying to recruit some of the Russian people against mm. uh, Stalin, that that could have oh, changed sure. things. Because yeah. Stalin was, was also, also brutal. Like, yeah. Yeah. That was kind of yeah. interesting. To... It probably kind of fell into like just the, some of the racism too, though, of like he was going to clear out all of the Slavs and stuff to make room for. Yeah. You know, European expansion into Eastern yeah. Europe. And so that was just, I think, just started the fighting going that way. And then. Yep. And he, they also just mentioned how if he would have, if Hitler would have um, been a little less racist towards Japan, that the war might have gone differently <laughs> as well. There yeah. were certain times where he, he kind of like didn't give help. Sure. in areas because I don't know I'm not <clears throat> I don't yeah know. I really uh, I watched most of I haven't seen all of it quite yet I, the uh, Man in High Castle oh Man yeah High Castle on Amazon and that's really that's like a, based on a Philip K. Dick book but um, it's the alternate future where the Allies lost World War II yeah but that that show also does a really good job of being like Germany and Japan have like split up the United States and the Rocky Mountains is kind of like the no man's land yeah. in between. But like they're diplomatic with each other, but the Germans are still like, yeah, but we're still racially superior. And the Japanese pick up on that and they're like, we're, you know, they're allies, but they're not, they're very uneasy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, yeah. I guess like, Either way, like when you have this, like fascism lead will always lead to kind of a world conquering end point, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess I think so. I haven't seen a whole lot of fascism that's just content with its own country's borders. Yeah. (laughs) If you're controlling that, you need to control everybody else too. Yeah. Well, it's kind of, yeah, it's like the idea of whether or not we can actually do like world planning. Like, should people set up a plan for the world and then try to enforce it and uh the thing i was just listening to right now is like a lot of like woodrow wilson's like ideas of what the state should be and he ends up like giving the united states federal government like huge sweeping powers and bureaucracies and the income tax and like a bunch of stuff but he's very much like he's he sounds like he's like for the people voting and for like society to decide what the government should be doing but he's also very much for like some people that have the good ideas need to plan and set up and put in motion all of these systems for the people of course (laughs) but just that that's just like almost like that 
I don't know if it's like arrogant or short-sighted idea that like you can plan the world and th- start it rolling in a direction and that will work, <laughs> you know, and it will be good even, you know, uh-huh. like it's kind of, I don't know, it's kind of very almighty thought. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> as a, Yeah, as opposed to what do you think is kind of the alternative? I don't know, it's hard because you, you're having like no plan and no direction. Also, I don't think humans thrive very good with that. So it does seem like there's some sort of like vision casting or whatever that needs to be done. But I don't know on that like on that scale of like a national or global scale of like the lives of millions, tens of millions of people. Yeah. And saying like we should all, you all have to do this, or we are all going to go this direction. I don't know. It just seems really. Like a really big ask, yeah. <laughs> but we but we do it. We do it all the time. We have set up governments to do that. Okay, coming down to kind of like more of a micro scale of all of this, I had listened to a podcast a little while ago about kind of about socialism, um, and it was, but it was kind of talking more about the idea of socialism almost being the infiltration of democracy into um, business, into... Um, like corporations? Or? Yeah. Yeah. Just just a business being owned by... Sure. By the people by that the are people working who, for it. Yeah. Which is... I mean, I, I know that we have, like... Then, I forget what that is even called something well, this is like some employee-owned companies or whatever that yeah idea? yeah still, yeah where like and, everybody working there has share or has stock in yeah. the company yeah and maybe they get a vote on like who's the leader at once every yeah or the board members are however that yeah um and kind of the direct you know on some key directions that the business is going to go they get a vote anyways when i was listening to it it kind of made me think of you guys, mm-hmm. and I just wondered if, if you've been. Because you, yeah, you, the idea for you is a, is to be a collective, which maybe I I've never really talked to you about this. <clears throat> like, yeah, what no, is right. some of your thinking behind and vision for like what it? But yeah, most could of be the, has the, been the name right now is just from our like variety of road strips that we're bringing on. So we're, mm. we have like when we first started, we had three different roasters on. At all, all the time, and yeah. that got a little bit too much. And then I have two different roasters on most of the time, and they rotate through um, a national one. Um, and so that's kind also, of more. I the, think the word I was trying to think of was just a cooperative. Cooperative, yeah, yeah. And you see, like, or like a cooperative, or like yeah. co-op grocery store, or co-op, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but and I think I would. I definitely like the idea of like employee-owned companies, and I've done some research into like which ones have, like, worked the best or which mm. formats have, like, yeah. functioned better. Because uh, just, like, all, like, great ideas. There's, like, the devils in the details eventually. And you kind of think we're different companies. It's been a while since I've looked it up. But um, right now, they're just... They're basically... It would be kind of pointless because there's just not extra money to put from the business that doesn't just go right back into the business. Yeah. So if we did split it up among all of the employees, like dividends or whatever, it would be 
I mean, it might be, I don't think it'd be in the negatives, but it would be. You <laughs> congratulations, can, congratulations you're all so you, like you, can, you can all pay in. You know, but yeah, because then, like, then I would like need to be paying myself for every hour I'm there, you know, and Jackson's oh, work too. Yeah. And so then we'd have to like then splitting that whatever is left, except for like cost the company back in, you know. So yeah. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm no, no stranger in saying I'm, I'm not a born businessman. Yeah. <laughs> but I do yeah. have really enjoyed owning a business and um the stuff that's come along with that it's been well it's been stressful at times it's it is really cool to like i guess kind of what i was saying before like have an idea and put it out there and then see how it lands in the real world and see some of your ideas come and some stuff show up that you'd never expected and then you have this thing that you made that's out in the world now yeah so that's that's been really cool and yeah if we got to a point where we're like making year over year like better um or like like a like a profitable chunk of money it would be really i'd be really interested in looking at employee owned or to be figuring out how to restructure the company to yeah to make it more worth it for everybody who's there and right now we try to do like as much as we can you know, obviously there's no benefits or anything but we're like <laughs> what snacks do you want on top of the fridge <laughs> like let us know <laughs> you just try to do our best like make it a place that the employees want to be there and feel valued and appreciated, you know? Yeah. So, but. What, what did you say about the fridge? What? Oh, what's next you want on top of the fridge? Like, you don't have health insurance, but we can make sure your favorite brand of gummy bears is on the fridge. <laughs> on, on the fridge? On the fridge, is yeah. Is that a thing? It's on top of the fridge. No, it's just like where we keep our snacks. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, and then now though also like with you guys' larger kitchen you're able to like open it up to that's to, true like, yeah and, yeah and trying to do like, more yeah and we did like just just this weekend we did waffles at black dogs with right. another coffee shop that brought us in and then we did our, what we'd normally do on our saturday waffles yeah at their store and yeah definitely a, yeah a lot of collaboration um I do think that there's there's a lot I don't know it's just it's just more fun I think to be more collaborative than more competitive about that yeah <laughs> you know even if I thought there was like only so much of the pie to be had and I needed to carve out as big a chunk as I could I don't this is, that's just not as enjoyable to me as saying like what can we all do together to benefit each other you know yeah yeah and maybe that's just part of my just default nature or what but Can't we all just get along? <laughs> Global war. Can't we all just get along, guys? <laughs> um, how you been in the last two weeks? Let's see. I think mostly okay. I feel a little anxious a couple days ago. For no, like, there's one thing like, kind of no good definable reason. Like, I had some things that were outstanding and, like, I was waiting to hear back on. But it's not, wasn't anything, like, that should have made me that anxious. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, I sent a package to somewhere in Canada. And then they're like, oh, you need other forms for this. And I put in the forms on Friday, but, of course, they didn't get through on Friday. And so I have to wait till like, today to see if anything happens. So there's, like, there's, like, just a bunch of, like, things that were kind of, like, 
stacking as like open open tabs i think yeah. in my brain yeah. and it was just coming across as i'm like feeling anxious about just life but no yeah. good reason for it so but other than yeah i think other than that I'm doing pretty good I'm feeling a little bit healthier than last week actually it's probably good we didn't meet last week i was hmm. a little congested and stuff for a bit and then Maybe maybe don't rock quite as much. Oh, this is going to squeaky rocky chairs. I. <laughs> it's too comforting. How about you? Um, I'm feeling okay. I've felt a little emotionally low. I need to make some sales at the gallery really badly. Um, but like I've been there. I've been here so many times, and am able to. You know put on the thinking cap and put on the gallery cap and make some sales. I, I have been creating a lot of art lately, but not really putting it out there for sale. And then also have spent a lot of time just uh, doing, you know, work in the gallery, trying to finish up Get all the, the last clean. things. Yeah, it's it's yeah. really hard. I don't know. It's just, the other thing, I think I'm emotionally low from just, like, nobody coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that'll get you. Well, and we're used to having yeah used having to. a coffee shop next to it and have people just walk, even if they weren't yeah. there for the gallery. There's just people around. Yeah, more that often. feedback yeah. of uh, just... Just knowing that, oh, somebody new might come in and, yeah. and see the latest painting that I've been working on. Like, yeah. And having events to work towards, mm-hmm. um, like Art Walk, or if I'm doing a show opening and not having any of those, it really messes with my yeah desire to keep chugging along. Yeah. Plugging along. So, like, I know all these things, and... And I don't want to like, I feel like I'm getting to a point in my life where I don't get to just sit around and complain about things. <laughs> like, it's like time to grow up and, you know, yeah. just grin and bear it is kind of that I, I said it incorrectly to the, to a guy today. I said, you know, sometimes you just got to bear and grin it. And then I was like driving away going like, I know that I was close to what was right there. Not exactly sure. <laughs> oh yeah, that's what. And I was thinking, yeah, that's. It's kind of bare. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what I want to do because also I'm I'm finding that like the hard times of my life, or the things that I'm uncomfortable in. Uh, maybe this has been the insight from exercise, like that discomfort is actually what makes me feel alive, mm. and so instead of you know, struggling under the weight of the burden and uh, just being like, oh my God, like yeah. my life. And just yeah, like, yeah. you know, being a, a victim and a pity, poor me kind of person. That idea of grin and bear it, like enjoy, yes. enjoy this struggle, like, <laughs> because you feel alive, Tyler, yeah. you know? And I think that's a huge lesson in life is like learning how to enjoy the... The bad, the, or the, the, the stuff that seems bad. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. That at first, yeah, appears to be suffering. Um, the program that Jackson and I met at, that Master's Commission one, they just had a thing that said, like, 
I love or like I love it when it sucks and like there's just like a phrase we threw around like oh, I love it when it sucks yeah it's when something was terrible or somebody complained about something people other someone else would be like oh man I love it when it sucks yeah and it really does like almost like takes away the power of the discomfort a little bit because uh-huh. you're like oh no I like this like yeah. I love being uncomfortable and then it, like puts you back in a position of like not being a victim I guess like being yeah. the being the definer of your situation rather than your situation defining you yeah and then even sometimes it's like going out like the frigid like when it's winter going out like the frigid cold and just like standing out there and then like trying to like relax all the way like that's like a fun like practice that i've done i've like started picking up on it's like (laughs) just like see if you can like actually relax and not tense and like just like let the coldness like Hmm. just like i don't know and it feels like in one way you get less cold after you can like actually relax and like stop shivering or whatever but i was just like it was just like kind of parallels to me like that mental practice of like oh wait this seems bad and like okay no i'm gonna i guess grin and bear it (laughs) not very like i'm gonna you know kind of like move to a position of of control or at least like authority of sorts like in this situation even though i can't control what's going on outside of me i can control my reaction to this situation yeah yeah now we're back to stoicism now here we go (laughs) baby just go read some tim ferris and some (laughs) cicero or whatever yeah whatever yeah it is but yeah sometimes you need it you need it all um. yeah that does seem to be the I don't know yeah the thing about making like a, oh sorry no no go for it oh I just um, I'm, I wonder if if also I do things okay so like grin and bear it love it when it sucks is it that I do I choose to love it when it's when it sucks, or is it that I actually do love it when it sucks? Yeah. So then I like I in the midst of like where times are comfortable, do things that make my life uncomfortable, uncomfortable because purpose. that's what I actually love. Yeah, yeah. and I, yeah. I think that that might kind of be the case, which is I I don't know how to get over that other than to just try to accept like accept that yeah and not be surprised or then I then I really have no one to blame but myself like (laughs) yeah okay sorry what were you gonna say oh you said you need a little bit of everything and I said I think that's kind of the problem of making a grand sweeping vision for a country or a globe or whatever it's like there's so many so many important things there's no way you can wrap all of those up at one given time and then dictate that to everyone else as like what you need to do <laughs> yeah because everybody has like, like there's like yeah times you need stoicism there's times you need you know like empiricism there's times you need to be like just different lenses and different viewpoints and everybody's at a different thing there's no there really is no like collective will of the people like that's not a real thing <laughs> yeah yeah you can have an indoctrinated common idea or common I- like 
commonality. Which is just coming from force. From Which is from coming from force from somebody who said, yeah. this is what we should all value, and so we're going to plug it into everyone as much as we can. Yeah. Yeah. But I do like the idea of everybody working together for the common good, but I see, like, what, is there a common, like, is there a common good? Is there a common will ever, you know? I don't know. Um... I guess the only thing I can think of is each of us um, somehow learning and and caring about becoming alert to mm. the needs of our neighbors mm-hmm. and and finding that oh that's actually where a lot of joy in life is too yeah. is in in uh, loving your neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. S- through self-sacrificial yeah way. yeah it seems like there's maybe it's part of like I love it when it sucks it seems like there's like two different interpretations on like self-sacrificial it's like one where you're I guess it's just a hard attitude is doing it resentfully or doing it like I guess with bitterness where it is depleting to you but I think there's another one where it's doing it when you like love it when it sucks when you're like doing it out of joy or out of mm-hmm. an abundance where that self-sacrifice actually like builds you and like edifies you rather than depletes you it's doing the right thing for the right doing reason doing the right reason nice yes if we're gonna look back at our podcast and be like we just said the exact same thing in every <laughs> single podcast it was just the same episode over and over I know uh, <clears throat> yeah well that's that's how it was getting... I remember there have been times where I'm like, all right, well, I've said it all. I've, <laughs> I've, I mean, I've said what I know I need mm-hmm. to be doing. Yes. But that's where... But I've... I don't know about you. I've been finding that I for, I've forgotten so much. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Like, the stuff that I really dove into in the last couple of years, like, I can't remember it hardly <laughs> at all. And I'm like, so what... It, what is that? Like, I wrote long papers and stuff on... About things that are very stuff. important. And yeah, then it just, because, like, slipped away. Yeah, it's like, wait a minute. Okay, I gotta go back and read that. Because, like, what was the point I was even trying yeah. to... Like... I do. I like and, to think of, like, I'm, like, a library. And once I learn something, it goes in the library forever. Yeah. But that's definitely not the case. And maybe that's why we need these different things. Like, mm-hmm. Stoicism here, Christianity here, Buddhism here. Like, Or just the process of, like, meditation literature or whatever or like saying like even like the bible or something as meditation literature something to be like just kind of churned over on a regular basis yeah like yeah just like just like re- like go through it again process it again grind like chew on it some more and kind of just like meditation and like re making a, a discipline or like a practice you yeah. know like you said making a routine yeah of going through those things that are important to us so that we don't lose track of the things that are important to us, because otherwise yeah. something else will fill up the space or the time. Or yeah, what is I think? Well, Jesus says, "Man does not live on bread alone, but on the continual word of God." I think it's, I it's think, by, I think yeah it's, by every word, but I don't. I would need to look in the see what the translation is, whether it's like continual or every or what they what they picked there. Yeah, I thought. Somewhere it talks about it being a continual flow, mm-hmm. like. Well, even for just like the. Okay. And the, it's all, well, and 
Paul, one of his best things that if I can remember this, really can help me at times where it's like, do not be conformed to this world, but rather be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's not like that. It's a a continual renewing. (laughs) Oh, here we go. Listen a little, little late on the culture corner. Nice. But, uh, <laughs> I finally got around to watching the. I was gonna say the new Tron movie, but now it's like, <laughs> now it's like <laughs> ten years old already, or something. <laughs> when did that one? I, uh, so we watched Tron Legacy recent uh, last night, actually, and there was a there was a handful of really interesting things in there. Um, one of it. <laughs> One thing, which is not that interesting, but it's funny, is Daft Punk does the soundtrack for it, and they have, like, a whole scene where they're just, like, in the movie. <laughs> oh, like, really? the DJ's at this club, and it cuts <laughs> to them, like, five times at least. <laughs> but they also did the soundtrack. Um, but uh, the idea of, yeah, creators, and then um, the creator of this computer program, or this computer simulation is able to... Have you seen Tron or the second one? Either I don't remember them yeah. at all. Like, so at there's all. this like this like laser thing or this like portal thing that like, digitizes yeah. the guy who was working on the computer. In the first one, he gets like, sucked, yeah. sucked yeah. into it. And Jeff then there's, Bridges. Yeah, Jeff Bridges. And then... So in the second one, you find out that he's been like going back in and kind of like making this new world inside the computer. Okay. And so you have the... One idea of like the creator coming down to live in the, oh, to live in the in space, the yeah, 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 and kind of like being a part of it with him, and then he sets up a copy of himself to kind of run stuff um, without him. Oh boy! And <laughs> the setup is like so he's Paul. to make the perfect. Well, yeah, kind of, <laughs> but he's like he's like okay, so like we're gonna make like the perfect kind of like we're gonna make the perfect society in this. Yeah, and then that program making the perfect society kind of starts to trump everything else. So then he starts becoming like super, um, uh, what were we just talking about? What's that form? Like totalitarian. Yeah. And so like, like everything, it can be sacrificed for the goal of making the perfect, you know, making the perfect yeah. system. He's like, I made the perfect system even to the point where he like turns on Jeff Bridges, turns on the main guy because he's starting to get in the way of, what he, you know, what this copy views as the perfect system, like the most, um, most efficient, most, you know, most organized. Um, and then, so that was like one interesting, um, almost like spiritual, you know, thing about it. And then the other one was, there is a, uh, wow, that is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I need to go back and watch that. Um, and then there's one point two where there's a kind of like a black market dealer of sorts and, um, Kind of like the, the classic, like, he wasn't a good guy or a bad guy. He's just trying to, like, play into his best interests, you know? And he turns... So the son of Jeff Bridges um, is is the main character in the second movie. Yeah. And he his dad has disappeared. And um, so he goes, and he ends up getting sucked into the computer and finding out that his dad's been stuck here and living here for, yeah. you know, for years now. And um, then when this... He goes to this black market dealer to try to find transportation, something, something... And the, the black market guy has basically turned on him. He had been an ally to the the users, the the, the creators, uh, but then he had switched over, kind of switched sides. And there's one point where he's like standing up and he's like kind of like mocking that the son of 
the user is gonna get like captured or is like he's like beaten and he's like this he's like it's the son of your creator and he's like just like shouting and like mocking him from this like balcony or whatever which i was like oh it seemed like a very other like a um just like crucifixion-esque scene of you know this this people uprising ready to like kill the son of the thing that of the creator that made them yeah and and mocking about like joking about it almost and uh, this is a couple of yeah just a couple of interesting things in that movie that i was like oh there's some really interesting like spiritual aspects of this that is amazing that's it's almost like that's like the whole point of even writing something like that like why else would you write Oh yeah, it seems like they had at least they had at least some thought. It seems like into it. You yeah, know? and yeah, then you have that idea of like if this is so, there's the creators. Yeah, the idea of, like it's just juxtapositioning our world with a simulated world, and so it's like okay, if you know people that believe in the users or don't believe in the users, you know, there's some all powerful people that in a realm past them that can control oh, how yeah, yeah that control right. how things it could unplug the, mach- mm-hmm, the totally yeah machine and yeah. like reboot it like mm-hmm. reprogram it yeah at some point <laughs> and there's also there's one other thing that was like a another life form that like develops inside the system that wasn't created oh and he said this he's whoa like, yeah yeah <laughs> so it was he's like he's like i didn't you know, this is somebody asked him like did you create them and he's like i didn't create them he like just all of the right ingredients were there and they showed up he's like kind of like a flame like when it had all of the things that it needed to exist it did you know so there's like this other like race or this other like group of people that just like become alive because the system is uh has all the right ingredients for that life form to exist or whatever and this is just for some interesting things huh. the story is ish and but the graphics are fun and it's very visually visually fun movie lots of okay fun lights and stuff but four out of five Four out of five. Yeah. But when you take it to ten, it goes to like seven and a half or eight. (laughs) That's cool. Um, Let's see here. I don't know if I have any. Anything much. Let me look at my notes from things lately on my phone. I don't know if I... Let's see if this if I can find anything in here. I I think I might have mentioned on the last podcast I was getting into reading the Wisdom of Solomon, mm. which is this book, and it it like the background to it. They think that it was written like two hundred BC or something. Mm. And as I was reading it, I was thinking, man, this really some of it seems so familiar it it seems so much um like fresher and easier to understand than like proverbs or Mm. psalms um well that that, those are completely two different kinds of pieces of writing but it's like almost written from uh like a first person perspective like ecclesiastes except it's like proverbs but so someone just kind of like read, just like redoing the wisdom books or? Yeah. But from like a first person perspective yeah. of like, I did these, like oh, okay, I saw yeah, these yeah. things yeah, and yeah. it worked out well for me. Mm-hmm. Whereas Proverbs is written as like, my son, please mm-hmm. right. do these things, you know? Well, in 200 BC, well, oh, 200 BC, not AD. Yeah. BC. Okay. And 
And like, so I don't know, several hundred years after Proverbs, I, th- I think. Sure. Yeah. And then, uh, there, like the, some of the things that he takes on are, I don't know that I've written down any of these notes, but like, just you definitely, and I heard on the Bible Project mm. podcast that um, Paul definitely would have been influenced by this book, even though it mm. wasn't like canonical. Sure, but it's one that like they had around. Yeah, for those and, frequently. Yeah, and that some of the things like that, if you if you read like Wisdom of Solomon and then go and read Romans, like you'll see some yeah some crossover really quickly uh, the influence there, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. Well, this idea like we like the movies that we watched during our time are gonna affect like what we write and talk about, you know. And so it doesn't mean like we think of those things as like this is literal scripture, but it's gonna influence how we think about things and how we and the language we use to talk about that stuff. And... Uh, let's see, I. I'll just read a, f- a few parts, I guess, that I jotted down. Wisdom is radiant and unfading, and she is easily discerned by those who love her and is found by those who seek her. She hastens to make herself known to those who desire her. One who rises early will have no difficulty, for she will be found sitting at the gate. I think I wrote that down because I was like, the last line. Like, Come on, Tyler, you wake up! <laughs> Early. <laughs> haven't figured that one out. Yeah, I don't. That's not my jam. <laughs> <laughs> haven't found her early in the morning. Yes. Uh, but it almost feels like as as I was reading this, it's like how the author is talking about wisdom then later becomes Christ in Paul's mm-hmm. writing. Um, the. The beginning of wisdom is the most sincere desire for instruction and concern for instruction is love of her and love of her is keeping of her laws and giving heed to her laws is assurance of immortality and immortality brings one near to God. So the desire of wisdom leads to a kingdom. Against wisdom, evil does not prevail. I loved her and sought her from my youth. I desired to take her for my bride and became enamored of her of her beauty. If anyone loves righteousness, her labors... Uh, if anyone loves righteousness, her labors are virtues, for she, she, she teaches self-control and prudence, justice and courage. Nothing in life is more profitable for mortals than these. Which is so interesting because that was... Aristotle's four cardinal virtues right oh, really? there. Interesting. Yeah. So is that why they think that... Or what, what year was Aristotle at? Uh, Aristotle's like 400 BC. Okay. Yeah, yeah so this... The, so they could have... I mean, they really would have, could have been drawing from that as well. Yeah, so just... So self-control, which would be like temperance. Mm-hmm. Which is... So, yeah, self-control and like abstinence from... Or... Um, abstinence of uh, alcohol prudence which is care and concern for the future justice doing the right thing for or yeah for others courage putting others 
well-being before yourself mm. and like strength in the face of of fear and uncertainty yeah, yeah. and all that stuff nothing in life is more profitable for mortals than these so um, okay so if anyone longs for wide experience she knows the things of old and infers the things to come she understands turns of speech and the solutions of riddles she has foreknowledge of signs and wonders and of the outcome of seasons and times Therefore, I determined to take her to live with me, knowing that she would give me good counsel and encourage me, and encouragement in cares of grief. She descended with him into the dungeon, and when he was in prison, she did not leave him until she brought him the scepter of a kingdom and authority over his masters. That part I just wrote down thinking of Paul, like, yeah, in, that is really in prison. Yeah, mm -hmm. She descended with him into the dungeons and did not leave him. But even like that's the kind of almost the terminology that they use for like a Christ's death and then descent, you know, descent into death and then coming back as a ruler, you know, coming back as to rule. Yeah. Um, you know, getting the scepter and the kingdom from, you know, from the depths of death or from the depths of Sheol. Yeah, which. Okay, so like all of that stuff is in the Apostles' Creed, right? But it's mm -hmm. not really in. No, that, I think that's that, not really in Scripture, is it? I think there's like I think there's like one line. Oh, man, I think there's yeah. I w I will. Should I look it up right now or try? Sure, if you want. Um, to. I think there's I think there's only one line where that's like kind of extrapolated from. Um. And it's probably Paul. The Apostles' Creed is pretty cool. Like, what's interesting too when you're thinking like, okay, how do we like? It's this is what was interesting, like unification of a group of people, especially like if they're like ethnically and you know like diverse and culturally diverse. You know, like what can we all agree on? Yeah, <laughs> what are we gonna all say that we can all agree on to have some sort of unified of this idea? thing that happened? Like, yeah. The... It is crazy to think, you know, that I guess I think of times, you know, back then as being um, like sparsely populated and not very many people around. And but I think that a lot of those cities were pretty packed with people. And when Jesus would go and speak like thousands of people would show up. I mean, <laughs> yeah. well, I mean that's yeah. that is what it says. Yeah. And I guess I never really I think of like six thousand people in one spot. Like you can yeah. maybe like think of like a music like a festival or something that has that many people or Yeah. Or like a like a I guess the rodeo and stuff like that maybe. How many people show up to the rodeo in Billings? Do you have any I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a huge amount of people without like a microphone and speakers and yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's like the, the shouted up from like it goes up on a high place. He kind of shouts down to people. I think, right? Isn't that the idea? I think so. Or even um, on, out on the lake. Yeah, or kind of like natural amphitheater. Yeah. Um, 
but I guess I mean in order for our world to be the way it is now something about the whole thing did was attractive and caught caught momentum for like the culture to spread or, or yeah yeah for the culture to spread and for Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I okay, yeah. I, so Roman, sorry, yeah. Romans ten six through seven says and talks of Christ as a descent into the abyss, and the resurrection as going up from among the dead. So it's not yeah. It's not like real crispy clear yeah. saying like he. Um, and the other one is like going into the heart of the earth well the creed probably may have been taking its form i think by the time even paul was writing uh because there's the apostles creed there's also like the nicene Nicene creed yeah which they're really similar yeah yeah Um, but i mean just in verbal form i think that the the creeds were starting to take I know there's Formed one too that sounds like leading forth a host of captives. I can remember that phrase, but I do not remember where that is. Now let's look up that phrase. Okay, well. But the idea that, you know, like somehow like they're descent into Sheol or Hades and then. Uh, okay, yeah. So it's an Ephesians one. Um, this is why it says when he ascended on high he took many captives and gave gifts to his people that's one of those things where it looks like they're quoting from the Old Testament but I don't see I don't see what the reference is to that So I guess it's kind of a side side tangent. Yeah. Super important. Yeah, sorry about. guys. You said it on high. Who's houses and he gave gifts to me? What I, is the reference? Uh, should we wrap it up? I yeah. I don't know where this is going now, but I guess we got into that because of this part where he said uh, she descended with him. Oh into yes, the dungeon, thank you. Yeah. And when he was in prison, she did not leave him until she brought him the scepter of a kingdom and authorities over his masters. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah, and it's like said, or he sets. Oh, oh man, Nick, what's the? I mean, it's an interesting phrase, like bringing him a scepter and giving him power over his masters. Yeah, you know, like they did everything as subjected to Christ. You know, or that the 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 promised end thing is that everything comes in subjection to him after you know after him being in the deepest darkest part. Of yeah. Right, so if, if we were to almost read this as Christ, as wisdom is in this, it would be like Jesus descended with him into the dungeon, and when he was in prison, Jesus did not leave him until Jesus brought him the scepter of a kingdom and authority over his masters, 
Which is actually very similar because like it talks about us about those in Christ becoming a royal priesthood mm-hmm. and having power and authority over like the authorities of this world, which mm-hmm. would be death. Yeah. Which yeah. is our master currently. Right. never ending the never ending threat of death <laughs> all right cool well um let's, been let's call it good for this this podcast and uh we'll catch up next week Sounds good Thanks, everybody, for listening, and be good to yourselves. Bye-bye.